Welcome to the Dietitian Collaborative Podcast. I'm Celestina, a chef, dietitian, and total foodie. Each week, I chat with another awesome RD so we can learn a bit more about how diverse our profession really is and how much we can benefit from collaborating with fellow RDs. Take one. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I want to, I want to, I want to, I really, really, really want to stop shooting on myself. We're rolling with it. Shooting. We say it all the friggin' time. Oh, I should be doing that. Oh my God, she's doing that. Maybe I should do that. Man, ain't no one telling you how to run your business. There is literally no blueprint. Yes, people sell their blueprints to quote unquote success, but there is literally no blueprint as to how you quote, should be running your business. For example, 99.9% of people out there be like, oh, discovery calls. Let's do all the discovery calls and try and sell quote unquote and close quote unquote the client on that call. Yeah, that's fine. I feel like that has a time and place if that's your jam. But for me, discovery calls have always felt schmutzy. And that in part relates to my design. I am here for peace. Like as a manifester, my goal is peace in like 99.9% of situations that I'm in. So causing any kind of tension on a discovery call just feels so out of place for me. So that in one example is just like, so not me. But why do we feel like we have to shit on ourselves? Why do we feel like we have to follow a blueprint? It's because we're kind of told to, right? Like that there is only one way to run a business, that there is only one specific way to start and grow a business. See clients one-to-one, then group, then create an online program, and you're good to go. But that's not the case. We don't have to follow something so linear for success in our world. We can choose our own path. We can choose our own life, and we can create our own destiny. So if you needed that permission slip, to do things differently, consider listening to this episode as your permission to do that, that you don't have to should on yourself, that there is no right way to do anything. And if you mess up, it's okay. It was a learning experience. It's not wrong. You learned something from it. You don't do it again. You move on. I think sometimes in business, we see things as so black, so white, but there's this gray area in between the messy middle And that's where all the fucking magic happens. That's where you learn. That's where you grow. That's where maybe your success lies. Maybe it is in the messy middle. Maybe it's learning from all that BS that you had to go through, right? Let me give you an example. Two years ago, I moved overseas and shifted from personal chefing to creating an online course for that same group of people that I was personal chefing for, right? Like high income, busy families. And they didn't want it. So I was putting a square into a circle or a circle into the square for the longest friggin' time. But was that time wasted? Maybe, right? Like money income wasn't fantastic, but I learned so much from that period of time, knowing how to market and what worked, what didn't. At that point in time, I was listening to someone else's strategies that had worked for them. And those strategies were not mine. It took a while to recognize that those strategies were not mine, but I think it's also really important to note that just because it doesn't align with what you want and your values and what your insides are telling you, that you can't learn from it, 
right? Everything can be taken as that learning experience. That's something really important to remember when you are going along this journey that is business. And like I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, when we were talking about success and there being no one definition for success, there's no one definition for doing your business, quote unquote, correctly. This is your permission slip. Stop shooting on yourself. Stop looking at the RD next to you. Stop feeling like you have to show up on Instagram every fucking day. If that doesn't light you up, then don't do it. Find something that does light you up. Find a different way to communicate with your prospective clients. Do it in a way that lights you up, not in a way that feels shitty. You don't have to do anything in your business that feels off. Honestly, if it feels off, it probably feels off for a reason. So that gives you even more reason not to friggin' do it. Listen to yourself, whether that be coming from your heart, from your gut, wherever your decision-making center comes from and wherever it feels really good when you make a good decision and when you know something is off, maybe it like gurgles and bubbles a little bit, wherever those feelings are, listen to them. Start reading into what your body is telling you because it's probably right. Hopefully that was helpful. Let's lead into our conversation with Stacy Mitchell, a fellow registered dietitian who has done most of her dietetic career in the retail setting, plus a short time in long-term care setting. During her time as a retail dietitian, she had a number of jobs from corporate wellness to cooking classes to media appearances and even a mini TV series. She's currently working on her own with her podcast and her nutrition coaching program. She also works part-time for a local gym and teaches monthly nutrition lessons in schools. Without further ado, let's chat with Stacy. Stacy, I am so stoked to have you on the Dietitian Collaborative. What's up? Hi, thanks for having me. It's so fun to be here. Of course. All right, let's start with the three most important questions ever. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. One, what is your bucket list travel destination? Uh, probably Europe somewhere. So at your hometown. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I've, this is a pretty good launching point. There's like four or five countries within like a 30 minute driving distance. Perfect. Yeah. I'll go for it. Okay, cool. Yes. Let me know when you're coming. There's a bed. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. My husband sometimes works over there, so I should just go with him. Yes, and, you should. Uh, Let me know. And meet up. Okay. Yes. <laughs> all right. Two, what is your favorite food of all time? Uh, probably like, oh, I have, I go in between pizza and toast. Like, Ooh. you know. Okay. Simple, but just good. What's the best pizza you've ever had? Ooh, that's a good question. There's a um, a small town, Iowa, little place that had really good pizza. So it doesn't get more farm, homemade, local than that. I love that. <laughs> cool. And then maybe the most important question of them all, coffee or cocktails? <laughs> I would say 20 years ago, maybe cocktails, but now that I'm in my four, I just turned 41. So I will say coffee because if I have a cocktail or an alcohol drink, I fall asleep. Okay. So <laughs> you need to do the opposite. What about an espresso martini? Is that the best of both worlds? Yeah. And also I like, um, like the dark coffee beers. I like those too. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So <laughs> get on board with that. Okay, cool. So Stacey, I would love to know a little bit about the beginnings of your journey as an RD. Yes. Funny thing, I started out going to school, you know, for dietetics, and my mom was a cake decorator, 
And so one of my friends was like, hey, I work at this grocery store. They need a cake decorator. You should do it. So I thought that would be fun. So during my college years, I worked as a cake decorator. And then they were just starting to get dietitians in the grocery store at that time. And my store director came down. He's like, hey, I hear you're in dietetics. Do you need a job after your internship? And I was like, sure. (laughs) So, I mean, it was a very easy process. And I worked there for nine and a half years. Oh, wow. And during that time, I I, uh, worked for five different stores in the retail setting. And it was a lot of fun. Like I would do, you know, grocery store tours and we do gluten-free tours, diabetes tour, heart healthy presentations. And then as they kind of started to grow, I had what they call like club rooms. So basically it's like a kitchen and a classroom. Yeah. And I did a ton of classes in there from, you know, groups, businesses, corporate companies, to just kind of like your lunch and learns and also kids cooking camps. And then (laughs) it was kind of, you know, it looked really nice, the setting. And so we had local PBS um, come to us and they were like, hey, let's do a couple cooking shows. So we did three local cooking shows. I'm not sure who watched, but it was a blast. (laughs) The first one was all about like recipe redo and it was like my coworker and she would, her favorite food was nachos. So I would remake nachos in a healthier version. Yeah. And then the second two shows were a kid's exercise cooking show. So they Hmm. did a kid exercises and then I would work with them and we'd make like a smoothie or something. Yeah. So yeah, I've had lots of different, a huge variety, I would say, from that. That's so cool. I would, okay, so was the majority of it, like, I guess, planned out for you? Did they, because this was fairly new in the grocery store world, how much leeway did you have with all of this and figuring out what you wanted to make of it? It was all mine. Like, any That's idea so that cool. I had, it was like, sure, go for it. So. <laughs> You know, any idea that came about, I was like, let's try this. And so I even did kind of a Nutrisystem type of, like, I would make the meals for them. We'd do a cooking class, and then they would go home with their meals for the week. Oh, wow. So we even took it to that level, too. That's super cool. Okay. (laughs) So... Did you have culinary, I mean, obviously your mother was a cake decorator, but like, did you have a culinary background going into this? No, I did not. And I kind of feel awful for the people that would come, but I mean, people enjoyed it. And then I would make the stuff at home and my husband would be like, this isn't that good. And I was like, what are you talking about? I just made it for like 25 people and they liked it. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if they were being nice or if they just had a different version of healthy than what his taste buds were like too. So I feel like yeah. our family, I'm not a chef. Our family is our hardest critic. So <laughs> I feel like you need to pat yourself on the back for that one and say <laughs> to your husband, but that's super cool. I think regardless of like being a chef or not, you were exposing people to something that they've probably never tried before. And that's really yes. cool. Yes. And that was the whole point of it. You know, if we got in like jicama, I showed them how to cut it, yeah. what it was like, and then we would taste it just plain. And then we'd put it in this beautiful salad with edamame and corn and lime juice and all that kind of stuff too. So we would kind of take it from step to step and then hopefully for them to try it too. I remember one of my kids' cooking camps as well, uh, we did black bean brownies, which 
you know, everybody's seen black bean brownies, but there were kids that would go home and be like, okay, and kind of do their own cooking class. Like their moms would come oh, back wow. to me and be like, she had her own black bean brownie little class that, that she did too. So. <laughs> that's awesome. See, that's something that, I mean, okay. It's very, it's vastly different than being in the clinical space, but right. But like, yes, those people probably don't have acute issues at that moment, but then that gives you the opportunity to educate even further past that acute issue, which can literally like have these lifelong impacts for whether it be that little kiddo or just throughout the community. So there's uh, just a completely different level of, I guess, impact, right? Right. And you don't know what, who you are impacting until you hear those after stories, like another uh, kid cooking class, the mom came back to me and she was like, we now go for walks. He now wants to get some more colors on his plate. And I'm just like, really? That kid? That kid showed no interest in my class <laughs> at the very beginning. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was fun to see. So that was like 10 years ago. Okay. That was my... Basically, I just started having a couple of kids and then I stopped for a little bit and then I worked from home and and did some work for the same retail uh, through the corporate aspect of it too. Cool. What did that look like as like a corporate RD from being like kind of hands on the ground, like creating, you were basically like an event planner slash dietitian to marketer, marketer yes to then the corporate level like what did that transition look like for you yes and remind you we didn't have really facebook events at that time so like marketing was hard (laughs) (laughs) it was anyone and anyone i'm like come come in here so um and then going into down with like small children down the aisles do you want to (laughs) come i felt like that sometimes yeah (laughs) And then going into the corporate aspect, I did more of kind of like the behind the scenes, um, developing presentations, working on a fitness kids website for them. Then that kind of all dissolved, you know, there's only so much of a good time. (laughs) And then um, I was home for about a year doing nothing. And then I'm like, what do I want to do? How can I help people? And I saw a certification for... Uh, personal training. And I thought, you know what, let's try this. And then I just went to a gym, local gym. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They didn't even have a opening for a position. And I'm just like, Hey, I'm a diet registered dietitian and a personal trainer. Yeah. Use me however you want. And they were like, wow, that's cool. So they did bring me on note four and I still work there part-time. Oh, wow. But I thought that was neat in that instance because, um, like working with personal trainers, they have their own mindset and then it may not mesh with ours. Totally. But, however, I was welcomed with open arms, tons of referrals. They were so happy to have me. And that's, I guess, one of the reasons why I also wanted to get that certification too, is to kind of let's clear the mess. Let's clear the clutter between what the fitness world is telling about nutrition. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of give you some street cred in the gym too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's something also that like RDs don't necessarily touch, right? Like the gym world, keeping it a little bit separate because of bro science or whatever is out there. So you've kind of taken the the path less traveled in your career so far. I dig this. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, totally. And then I, I'm still trying to find out my own thing um, with the website and the podcast as well, too. But that's been a lot of fun, feeling things out and what works and what you like and where you focus your time and all that, too. So I've gotten out there and started doing you know, TV segments and media aspects in there oh, again. Wow. So that's been a lot of fun. So yeah, I, I love it. You have, okay. So what do you have going on right now then? So you're still doing the gym part-time getting referrals yes. from there. What yes. else do you have in your, in your scope right now? And I'm also finishing up nutrition classes It's called pick a better snack for schools. So oh, cool. I go into the school two, three times a month and I teach kindergarten through third grade and that whoo man that's a really eye-opener when you look at teaching like mm-hmm. teachers are amazing yeah, <laughs> let's just say that <laughs> <laughs> but within that too you know you kind of have your little who you touch and who you reflect on a teacher actually emailed me a kid's plate yeah like her real plate at home and then she colored it and she's like look at all these colors I have on my plate and I was like oh my gosh so when you see stuff like that it's like oh this is why I'm doing it no matter if Someone is listening out there. Yeah. So I, I'm finishing up that. I do a little bit with the gym. And then I also have weekly podcasts going out too that I am very passionate about. Feel that podcast life. Stay true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So with the, the choose a better plate, pick a better plate, eat more fruits and yeah. veggies program. Is that, yes. I would love to know, is that through like um, a cooperative extension kind of thing? It's, yeah, it's a grant program that one of the school has kind of, yeah. <laughs> the reason I ask is because I did a little work when I was living in Nevada uh, through the cooperative extension and they had a ton of really cool programs like that. There was also another one that I was involved in. I can't remember, but I was also teaching small children and like high school kids. I don't know what's harder. <laughs> I bet it is tough. <laughs> yeah. And like for you may experience this too, but like talking about fiber and explaining that to them, every time I said poop, they thought it was hilarious. <laughs> right. It, it yeah. was fun, rewarding. And also, like you said, eye-opening. I think for me, maybe a little bit differently. I don't know if you guys have title one schools where you are, but in the Las Vegas Valley, we, there was a lot of title one schools and those are the ones who actually like who got these grants because their kids yes. were underprivileged or the area was underprivileged. So a lot of the times these kids had never seen the veggies that I was talking about, like fresh, like maybe they'd only seen them canned before. So that was also very eye opening and seeing the interaction between like when I would teach at a title one school versus teaching at a school in a more affluent area, the engagement was significantly higher in the more affluent area, which I thought wow. was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole new ball game. Once you get into the school setting, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> do you have, do you have flexibility with what you can teach there or is there kind of some set programming? It's kind of a set program. You just kind of focus on one topic per month and go from there. So, yeah. See, impact in a different way. You've really been in the community setting for quite some time. Is that something that you thought you were going to be in, like going through your your dietetic internship? Yeah, I think I veered more towards that. Um, I started a teaching degree, like my sophomore year, summer. I thought maybe I should get my teaching degree. So, that was just too much to do both. But yeah. I do think within the community, I'm teaching young, old, whoever it may be, and kind of 
molding those two together um, within terms of nutrition. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And on the podcast, like I, I think we forget how much reach we can have, even if it's like, even if our podcast only gets like a hundred listens, that's a hundred people that you're talking to. Right. Right? And I used to do cholesterol removing classes in the grocery store Yeah, and we would get 40 people and we'd be like, that's amazing. So that's what I think. I think if I can get, you know, more than, or even that many people, I think of a class size and I just imagine it in my head. I'm like, I'm reaching that many people each week. So that does make me feel good. Yeah. I, I totally understand that. So what was the the impetus for the podcast, just wanting more reach, like personal passion project. Tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) I loved listening to podcasts for years. And I remember, I think it was like a mommy podcast. I can't remember what it was, but they would just read the articles that were on their blog. And I'm like, that's genius. Like (laughs) I don't have time to sit down, but I can listen to something while I'm folding clothes or making dinner. And then I told my husband, I was like, I need to start a podcast. Like one day it was just, I was like gung ho about it. And remind you, it was like two months before my birthday. Okay. (laughs) So he is super techie, knows all about anything and everything when it comes to the tech world. And for my birthday, what did I get? I got a podcasting microphone. So I opened it up, kind of forgot about this whole thing that I said, you know, a couple (laughs) months earlier. And I was like, what's this for? And he's like, you can start your podcast. And I was like, oh shoot, now I really have to do it. You know? (laughs) (laughs) So we tried with a couple of different things and the tech stuff was just hard and editing. And, and so then COVID hit and we're home and he got me a couple of new equipment and we practiced on it and it was super easy and just having him home that much time with me to help get it started yeah. really helped. Yeah. So two years later it took though. <laughs> I sometimes you just have to have the appropriate timing and not just the fire under your ass. It's it's the multitude of different things that need to align to make it all happen. Right. And you really have to make it easy because nothing is more frustrating than not knowing what to do or if it works or having the stress of that. So there's been many tears shed in trying to figure this all out. But now it's just like push a button, do this. And it's uh, smooth, smooth sailing. So two questions for you. For the RDs listening, what is the name of your podcast? And then two, when do you feel like it became smooth sailing? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. Um, I just kept with my blog name and uh, handle. It's the Daily Dietitian Podcast. Nothing fancy there. And um, oof, I would say probably at least a good six months. It was like super easy for me. I knew what programs to do and how to do it. So if I can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> um, and it's it's just been a lot of fun connecting with other professionals. Yeah. So what I okay. Are you happy that you started it? Are you happy that you followed through with it? Yes. 100%. Even though it takes a lot of time right now, it is getting quicker, but there's always these times where you get messages from random people on Instagram that are like, Oh, great podcast. I love that. And I'm like, really? Who is this? Oh my gosh. Someone is listening besides my mom. (laughs) I'm very excited about that. Yeah. I feel that. So for someone who wants to start a podcast, I know that there's like a ton of like DIY podcasts out there or like whatever. 
But is there anything that you wish you knew when you first started that you would suggest to someone else? I feel like what I use, I have like a roadcaster and then I just edit on Audacity. Yeah. Those two simple programs really just make it easy. Also, Anchor is a great way to start off a a free podcast platform and just makes things smooth. Yeah. Simplicity is what I'm hearing over and over. Yes. Yes. Push buttons. Put it in the computer, simple edit, you know, just less fuss. Yeah, I feel that. So I know you and I were talking before we actually pressed record that this is my third podcast as a podcast host. And I've learned over the years that like committing to editing every week is exhausting for me. So Uh, now I just bulk record whole seasons and it's magical. Wonderful. Yes. (laughs) Then you bulk edit. And I do bulk edit. Oh, (laughs) That would be yeah a lot. It's hefty. Yeah. I'll do it over like the course of three weeks, but then my, I have my whole season's done in three weeks. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. The other thing that I want to point out with, with a podcast there, like if I have a new client or someone connects with me, they're like, I started listening to, like they start from episode one <laughs> they follow your to journey. where I'm at now yeah. and they like kind of binge it. Yeah. And I th- I'm like, wow. So Yes, it does take a lot of work, but you have a whole library that people will go back to and re, re-listen. Or if there's anything that people ask a question, I just point them in that direction. I have a podcast on that. Like, here you go. And yeah. so it's a great sources to use for your, your library, too. Yeah, that's such a such a great point. I always forget to do that. Like, oh, hey, yeah, listen to my conversation with XYZ. <laughs> but you're right. It's this evergreen library of just this continuing growing library of knowledge. So why not use it like that? Right. Right now. And it's yeah. accessible wherever you're at. Yeah. So on your run while you're folding laundry, literally anywhere. <laughs> I know it's, it, it's so, it's so helpful. So since you're a legit podcaster and avid podcast listener, I need to know, do you listen on one X? Do you listen on 1.5? Do you listen on two? What do you listen on? I listen on one X. You really? Maybe that's old fashioned. Yeah. <laughs> I like to sink it in a little bit. That's I feel fair. like I'm talking with them. That's fair. Like actually Otherwise being a fly just... on the wall for a normal paced conversation. Yes. Right. I, I fast forward through everything else. I'm so fast paced with everything else. So I just like to really enjoy it. That's fair. I'm definitely a two Xer, or if I can find one that has like three X, I'm like zoom through this real quick. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> it can be intense, and like I don't get all the details all the time, but then I like slow it down. Or if someone has an accent, I have to slow it down. Oof! Yeah, <laughs> totally. And then there's some fast talkers that already sound like they're on one and a half, so that that works too. Yeah, that's fair. That might be me on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, I would love to know, how do you like to connect with fellow dietitians, whether it be virtually or in person? Yeah, I would say at this time, it's it's a lot of virtual, especially within within the podcast. And (laughs) I should not be so surprised that I just really connect with, you know, a dietitian that I've, that I, uh, talk with virtually on the podcast, but you know, we have a lot in common. So of course we're going to naturally, uh, have fun and connect. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm happy it's 2022 and like, we have <laughs> the ability to do this. Cause I'm thinking about like living in Germany, Germany, even a decade ago, 
I wouldn't be able to do this. So beyond grateful. Right. Totally yeah. true. Yeah. Okay. Are there any specific niches that maybe you would like to have on your show or RDs that you would like to collab with maybe on social media or have conversations with? I'm open to anyone and everyone. Um, my whole kind of mission platform is to make the dietitian voice louder. <laughs> let's make it louder. Let's them, let's let them know who we are, what we do, and clear that mess, that clutter of those nutrition information and fitness information that just is not sound scientific nutri- advice. Yeah. Girl, I feel that. So love it. Yeah. So <laughs> any RDs who are down to collab with Stacy, she's here for it, whether it be on her podcast, on the socials, virtually. Please message <laughs> me and I would love to connect and have you on my my podcast. Awesome. And the best way to contact you is via Instagram. Is that right? Yeah, that would be great. Cool. Yep. I will put Perfect. I will put Stacy's handle and all of her contact info in the show notes, guys. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I'm so happy you were on, Stacey. There's no perfect time, there's no perfect place, and no one's going to tell you when you should be doing the things for your business. You can make those decisions. You can feel empowered to make those decisions. And I know I've mentioned it a bunch here, but that empowerment for me really came when I started digging more into my human design. So if you haven't checked yours out already, I highly recommend it. It just gives you a little bit more clarity into who you are, how you're meant to interact, how you're meant to attract those different opportunities into your life. And it just feels so much better when it is aligned. So let's do a quick recap on Stacy's episode. One, oh my God, this is so apropos. Are you ready for this? One, take initiative. Your skills are amazing and others may not know that they need you yet. So just ask. Ooh, that one hits. Two, if you want to start a podcast, keep it simple. You don't need all the fancy tech. Keep it streamlined for yourself. Three, yes, a podcast does take a lot of work, but it's evergreen. You have a whole library people can go back to and educate themselves with. And remember, that can be a really good resource. So if someone asks you a question, rather than feeling like you have to answer it on Instagram, shoot them that podcast episode and they'll get a whole, basically a TED talk with you about that topic. I hope this resonated this week, not just what we learned with Stacy, but also what I talked about in the beginning. This is your permission slip. Stop shooting on yourself. And if you need more of a permission slip, learn more about yourself, check out human design. And I know it's a little bit on the woo side. It's a little bit on the hippie side, but if you're into Enneagram, if you're into Myers-Briggs and you like learning more about yourself, it's a friggin' game changer, guys. I promise you this. And when you learn about it, shoot me a DM on Instagram so we can geek out about it together and I can give you a little bit more perspective into it. Until next week, as always, it's such a fun time chatting with you and I really love to hear when you guys dig these episodes. So shoot me a message on Instagram at the Dietitian Collaborative if you dig it. Share this with your RD bestie if you feel like he or she would freaking love it. And if you haven't done so already, I would really appreciate a rating on Spotify and or on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. Until next week, when we will be chatting with Orly Fector, an RD and business coach, and it's going to be a really fun convo. See you then. Ciao.